before we actually begin the show in earnest, and they'll they'll cut this part, don't worry, because I, I might get a little awkward. So don't include this in the show. Russ, the beard is looking good, my man. Yeah. I am loving it. Are you doing something different? Are you eating different vegetables or using some sort of uh, dye? Yeah, so I tried Beard Be Gone for many, many years, and then I just stopped cold turkey, and that actually made oh. a big difference. So it wow. grows, it wants to grow. Yeah, it wants to grow. And you've been stop and you've been and you've been you've been stopping. I've been that. stifling it because people were, you know, I, I've been using my uh, sc- school ID to get discounts at the supermarket, and right. the only way that they would really grant it is if uh, the beard was like very short and stubbly Baby and face. gross. So yeah. since I yeah. ditched it, um, yeah, wow. it's made a big difference. If you want to see this, I have just tweeted a screenshot of Russ. Uh, with the caption, the beard looking good. So uh, apropos of nothing. So that won't make any sense to people now. Right. But if, but if you like, if you go back to my Twitter, you can see the beard looking good. The beard looking good. Hey. Who invited Who invited Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> is what I want to know to our podcast. Yeah. What a get. The little bit of pepper in the little, uh, there should be a word for that highly sexual bit. In yeah. The, at the bottom of your mouth. Right that there. almost seems too flirty. Are you That's shaving too it that much way? For me. Or are you just blessed? Oh, gray. and I know he gets he gets so like pissy if we don't. Chris, your beard looks good too. Yeah, Chris, your beard wow. looks great, I'm, bud. I'll only been out for, you know, like a month and then I come back. Yeah. And the first thing you do is insult oh, my wait, beard. Actually, Chris, I'm sorry, we're out of time. Out of time, Chris. Sorry, we gotta start the show, bud. Sorry, sorry, sorry. God, this feels terrible to do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the season. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the end of the last year. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the winter. My name is Ross Farshick, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we discuss the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's a game of the year show that goes all year long. It's like a book club, but for video games, it's all things to all people. As long as all those people like to hear someone pronounce it Mario, <laughs> it's the besties. And this week we are diving in as this, this a slight lull in the hottest <laughs> new releases continues. We are diving in to see, hey. Did we miss anything? Were there some like deep cuts we wanted to to circle back on um, that we didn't get a chance to do a full episode about? Because folks, the games just keep on coming. I don't know if you ever, if you log on to the Switch store and look at it, it looks like a parallel dimension of video games <laughs> where you t- there's like 50 games that no one has ever told you anything about, but they're just there. And they all cost a dollar and 50 cents. Yes. And most of them are about a woman solving crimes by finding hidden objects. Uh, that game, <laughs> that game is called Murder by Numbers, and it rips. It's uh, no, that's uh, thirty th- different games. <laughs> oh, okay, store. okay, sorry. Does Murder by Numbers does rip? But that's a Picross game. Anyway, we're gonna talk about the latest and greatest that you may have missed. Not the big new releases, the the deep cuts plant. I've really talked about deep cuts too much, so let's uh, let's just get right into it, Russ. 
You're just saying everybody's names now. <laughs> Say Noya. Mine. Say my no, name. I'm giving it. I'm giving it to Russ. I'm tossing the puck to Russ. Okay. Uh, so I've got the Russ. Puck. Noida. Yeah. Um, Noida. Yeah. It does feel like we, we got through a holiday season and there were a lot of like obvious big games that we needed needed to talk about. And right. I know Noida is a game that we've talked about very, very briefly here and there. Um, and it's a game that I played in early access to, I want to say two years ago, and then I played a little bit last year, but over the last like week or two, I've been playing it as my like it's early Sunday morning, like wake up kind of game while I'm eating breakfast. What are you playing? What are you playing it on? I'm playing it on PC. It is only available on PC, which is kind of a okay, drag. That's what I thought. I wish yeah. it was on um, Switch or something portable, but it is only available on PC. Quick refresher for people that are not aware. Noita, which is spelled N-O-I-T-A on Steam, is a side-scrolling 2D uh, roguelike where you are like a wizard and you're basically delving into a procedurally generated mountain and you're using various spells to kill enemies that drop gold and then you use the gold at the end of each level to purchase new spells or new upgrades for your character. That's like the juice of it. And then the hook is the mountain is made up of all sorts of materials. So it's made up of maybe there's like oil pools or maybe there's like, you know, stone or there's like wood boxes or there's various other materials. And all of your spells basically interact with those materials in ways that are like very, like a dominoes situation. So for example, if I fire a fire spell above a pool of oil, the pool of oil will light on fire but if the pool of oil is surrounded by like a wooden container, the wooden container will also light on fire, causing the pool to fall below and basically send fire on the people below it. It is maybe more intimidating than Spelunky is, just like jumping into it because it is extremely punishing very early on. But I do think what it has that Spelunky doesn't necessarily have is it has a wow factor of like i can spend a th like 30 minutes in that first area just like goofing around with these different materials and making these like crazy uh combinations of events happen and i find that like super satisfying unlike spunky there's no timer you could like really take your time in each area and get to know how these like different things interact with one another and um it's really been growing on me a lot no, no one here has really played it yeah, recently uh I mean, for for the the listener, people who I don't know were into like flash games very early on will remember a very specific type of uh, flash game that wasn't even a game. It was like a physics and material sandbox mm -hmm. where you could like click, and you when you clicked it would like release a certain material. So you could like just layer in dirt or layer yeah. in oil or layer in water, and you could see how all those little tiny pixel particles reacted to each other. This is like if somebody was like, hey, I really like that. What if I also made Spelunky inside of it? Yeah. Um, and and I think you're right. They're like, I don't know. It's both more intimidating and not than Spelunky. I think it's more instantly fun. And I don't mean that as like a critique of Spelunky. I just think it, it's very playful. Um, and I, I think like dying in it doesn't feel that infuriating because... I don't know. The first time I played it, I didn't even know that there was a level beyond the first level. <laughs> it just felt like uh, <laughs> something to kind of tool around in that would go on forever. Um, and at the same time, though, once you do have the drive to like complete the game, it for me, it felt impossible. 
and mm-hmm. I I really dug it, but mm-hmm. I I like looked ahead after getting past the first I think two stages and was like, this is now a game that I watch on YouTube. Like there there is a certain class of person who is good at this game, um, much like fighting games. I will go watch uh, the rest of this game. Yeah, it feels like the sort of game that you would play on the like school computer. Like instead of Oregon Trail, you boot this up because it happens to be installed, like some freeware version was installed on your school computer. Yes. It's like that kind of game. Um, and, <laughs> We're and, only and, talking to like 35-year-olds and older. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, you know, moving yeah. your turtle on, in Logo Writer 360 degrees. <laughs> uh, I agree with Plant. Like it gets really way more dense once you start getting into the like spell crafting and like all that stuff. But honestly, like, I think just for the first area and just, like, screwing around there, it's worth the price of admission. Uh, whether you want to go deeper than that is sort of up to you, but I, I've really been digging it. If you can pl- completely divorce yourself from the idea of progression and just focus on, like, think of it as, like, a learning uh, tool, similar to my approach to Spelunky, uh, I think you can have uh, more fun with it. I thought it was neat. I'd like to return to it. It was a little hinky the first time I played are there, it. Are there plans to bring it to, like, consoles and switch i i haven't seen uh anything i've looked a few times like looking for like switch ports i know obviously people are requesting it um it would require some pretty extensive control changes because right now it really does kind of live and die using the mouse keyboard controls for a lot of different Mm. things yeah i think it's also i I could be talking out of my tuchus here but i think it's cpu intensive so I'm not uh, sure it would yeah. run on for like the physics simulation. Yeah, a lot of yeah, 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 yeah. But then again, they ran um, fucking Witcher on the Switch, so I think they could handle it. Well, they kind of ran Witcher on the Switch. <laughs> uh, Chris, I, 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 I can't hear, believe uh, I can't. But be- Chris has been gone for a while, and we've missed him very much. But the 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 way you have made your sort of grand reentrance into this debutante ball is uh, it, 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 it's confusing. It's not a deep cut. Let's be very clear. It's not no, a deep it's a, cut. It is. It is. I would say it's a pretty fucking deep cut. It's a deep, deep cut. cut in the context of this day that we are recording the year of our Lord Anno Domini 2021, January 20th. Here's the thing. Congratulations, Jim Gordon Biden. I really appreciate you. You probably haven't noticed this about me, right? But I I become very infatuated with like one game a, a year or two years or three years. Uh, Near Automata, you had a good run. But it's Death Stranding's time, baby. Death Stranding, number one game of all time. I can't wait to talk about it on every episode from here on out. Here's the thing. Death Stranding, it's a perfect video game. And I'm talking Jesus about it right Christ now. Almighty. You can't just say those kinds of things no, on a, here, Chris. It's a perfect video game. In fact, there's no problematic things in Death Stranding. Chris Plant. Uh, it is the, the game that I think everybody should play in the winter of 2021. Because it is a game about an America that is just in the absolute pits because there's an invisible threat that makes it so people can't go outside. So everybody's at home on their iPads and their mobile phones calling up Norman Reedus saying, can you get me some pizza or some wine or some comic books or some fresh underwear because I need it now. I'm super did you, lonely. Did you, sorry, did you say normal Reedus? Normal Reedus. He's a, he, not, not easy Reedus, <laughs> not hard Reedus, normal Reedus. Off, off the shelf normal Reedus, no augmentations, 
no customizations. This is just... Uh, can I say something, Chris, about Death Stranding? Yeah, no, I would love you to. I really liked Death Stranding, and because of the there was a deluge of games coming out when it came out, uh-huh. and I played it for a good long time. Um, but it was uh, uh something I really enjoyed. That I took a little time away from it, and I tried to go back to it. And boy, howdy, was that just that was a challenge. That was a tough. Yeah, it was tough to get back in after you've been away for a while. In that's because of the story. You know, <laughs> and the controls and everything. Yeah. No, all of that's great. People, people dogged on like the driving this game. I don't mind that at all. I like how this feels like a Bennett Foddy game made at scale. Uh, but boy, oh boy, the story, they really do a lot to make sure you don't play the game. Um, because the first, I don't know, five hours, <laughs> it felt like are largely kind of nonsense uh, cutscenes. And then when you really, really, really get going and, and the game, I mean, much of the game is a video game-ass game, like more so than I think any Kojima game I've played. Uh, and then you're really in it. And then out of nowhere, the director of Drive shows up and he's like, by the way, I kill myself every 25 minutes. Um, but for the 25 minutes that I'm awake, I need to talk to you for the next four death cycles. And Does that is, happen in the game? And it is, uh, it's really something. It, it I mean, really I reviewed it, I don't even remember that happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, and, and, and everybody seems to be aware that nobody wants this to be happening because uh, their director of Drive keeps turning to the camera and giving you the thumbs up, like, just stick with me, dude. Just keep going, we're all, we're all going to get through this together. Are you, are you saying, like, is, are you finding yourself mostly kind of... And I, and I think I just assume this about you and your relationship with Nier Automata, which is a better game than Death Stranding by virtually every sort of metric that mm. one can measure games. But is it the... Novelty feels dismissive, but like in, in the sense of video games, like novelty I think is a really incredible thing. And I think it's something that Hideo Kojima wields like a powerful sword can you look at you take a look in that mirror and earnestly say like that that is what is sort of endearing you to death stranding because it it's it has some big problems Uh, let me let me say this to defend plant for a second then plant can jump in a no joke i am not being facetious i think as a game like gameplay wise this is the best hideo kojima game i've ever played you're out of your fucking no, mind. He's spot on. No, he's 100% right. Yeah. You, I can't believe I'm the only one out here. You guys are, it's you, great. you enjoy it's great the game. gameplay of Death Stranding. I really do. Because I, yeah, the game it, is actually yeah, fun. Yeah, it's very good. It is a game. Yeah, it's so innovative. Yeah. Did you play, so did, you guys played Metal Gear Solid Five though. That game was fun as hell. Yeah, I mean, that, actual, that was like my second favorite uh, Hideo Kojima yeah. as, as a game game. And, I and think then the this Game Boy is, Color version of Metal Gear. Yeah, but there's so many other cover shooters, like Windback, Gears of War. Uh, I just don't think it feels that original. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 5 wasn't a cover shooter. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, there's like lots of different cover shooters. Like Dark Void was one where you went vertical yeah. cover shooter, and then there was all the Gears <laughs> games. And 
Metal Gear Solid Five is a pretty good cover shooter. Well, Metal but, Gear Solid Five um, is a game where you fucking boogie board <laughs> down a, a a hill on a cardboard box and then attach a balloon to a man so he flies up into heaven to hang out with Jesus and stuff. Like you well, guys are wrong. out of your. It's a good yeah, game. Yeah, but if you t- attach a if you attach a balloon to normal Rita's, you know what's gonna happen? Fucking nothing. <laughs> He's way down, baby. That's not true. I, th- I, I think you can attach a balloon to normal Rita's in Death Stranding. No, but you can skateboard. Uh, down down okay. the ice mountain. I'll, I'll answer your question, Griffin. I think I actually told this to Freshnik while I was trying to defend my feelings. I definitely think there is a bit of... This show should be called Defend Your Feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a bit of, like, um, the wine snob here, where it's like, you know, the more wine you drink, the more you can actually taste the little details. So you should just not drink nice wine that often, and you'll be like, whatever, this 10 buck wine tastes perfectly good. I think I've, like, had a little bit too many video games... So I try something different, and I'm like, yeah, I really taste that zip. That said, I do think the actual gameplay, it is my favorite power fantasy in a video game, maybe ever, because here is this huge world that does not want you in it at all, (laughs) and it makes you feel miserable getting around it, and you walk it on foot for a, a large chunk, but as you go through the great game, you are actually making the world accessible and navigable and enjoyable to go around. And uh, I don't know how it was at the very beginning. I, I remember playing a little bit uh, for the show when it first came out, and I didn't remember seeing that many, uh, I don't know, helping helpful items created by other players. Playing it now, there's just stuff everywhere. Like the environment is full of stuff from other players. So it felt like uh, Dark Souls, but nice. Like, what if you play Dark Souls, but everything that people did in the game and the via multiplayer was meant to help you? And you were also mm. doing things meant to help other people and you were actually incentivized to do it. So like the combination of, hey, here's a game where the like the actual gameplay is a metaphor for the moment of like literally what's going on in our world. And the game itself is about helping other people and them helping you. I don't know. And it like hit me at my core. Like I, it just, it really got me in that sweet spot. Did you mention that you're talking about this because it came out on PC last winter? Oh I don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. That's you what we're talking that. about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, okay. It's, 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 um, uh, came out, I believe in this summer. Uh, yeah. It's like push for the glasses up my nose. Griff, tell me about the hardest nose detective on these mean streets. Mo Ashtray. Uh, Mo Ashtray is not the name of the game. I believe it was Russ who who added that that H in there. Uh, the name of the game is Mo Ashtray. Mo Ashtray. Ashtray. Uh, it may even be M O. It's M O in capital letters and then colon and then astray and there's no space in it. So you 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 all tell me what that is. You play a character named Mo, so I guess that's probably it. Mm. Uh Mo Astray was a PC puzzle platformer that came out in 2019, but last year it came out on Switch and iOS, although I would thoroughly recommend you play the Switch version because it has a sort of almost twin stick platforming element where you move with the uh, left stick and with the right stick you aim a jump that you execute by pressing one of the triggers it is very much it's funny that it came out in the same year as carrion because i think s- sort of 
conceptually, it has a lot in common with Carrion, where Carrion, you play a monster going around this sort of ruined science facility and just like sort of wrecking shop. Mo Astray takes place in a scientific facility where that has already happened and you're kind of uh, sifting through the pieces. But it is it is not the longest game. It's pretty short. And it's one of those great games where every idea that it kind of introduces, it sees through to its logical conclusion. So you play this little blob and you're trying to figure out what's going on through this facility. You are sticky. So if you jump, you can stick up to the ceiling for a while. The platforming starts out very, very simple like that of just sort of aiming your jumps as you toss yourself through this dangerous environment. But as you go, you unlock new powers and you know you get the you get the double jump that's that's what you would assume but pretty much everything past that gets like kind of weird you get a power where you can attach yourself to the head of an enemy and take control of them uh which you then have to use to you know some enemies can open up special doors with their their key cards you get an ability where you can divide yourself in two and 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 kind of explore that way saying it that loud, uh, out loud like i don't know that there are a ton of ideas that are like completely brand new in MO Astray. Um, but this this game kind of came out of nowhere. It's from a developer named Archprey Inc. And it's just really very, very well made uh, to a degree where I was kind of blown away that I, I, I this was one of those games that I was just kind of scrolling around the eShop and I saw it on sale and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll pick it up. It's, it's something like 10 bucks or something like that. Uh, and it's it's really good. It has a surprisingly great very very sort of uh heavy sci-fi story and i i i think i would put it like on the level with with carrion in that you know going going through a sci-fi story like this from the perspective of the you know potentially the enemy the monster uh is such a fascinating idea and this game handles it way less like in a john carpenter way and more in a i don't know just a a a, a creepy uh, almost H.R. Giger sci-fi way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that, that counts as a deep cut. I, I hadn't heard about this game at all, so I, it sounds really awesome. Uh, yeah, I think this is the first game. It's like a uh, student project from a, a team that just like has been working on this game for three years, and then it comes out, and it's their first game, and it, it absolutely kicks ass. I think everyone should play it. I think they're based out of Taiwan, it's it's really cool. Uh, I uh, oh, I also wanted to give sorry. I wanted to give a quick shout out. Uh, Jackbox Seven has uh, has a game called Talking Points. Uh, Jackbox Seven is really good. It has a lot of good games. It has a, a one of the games included is called Talking Points, and it is a PowerPoint presentation game. Chris, I don't know. We've played it in our like weekly friend group call. I don't know that you were on the last time we actually uh, got into talking points, but you, uh, everybody like writes a subject, and then those subjects are mixed around, and everyone is kind of assigned one, and then the, the a player has to give a prompt or has to has to give a speech to this PowerPoint presentation, and they are allowed to select like what the next verbal prompt is like the subject that they are going to talk about on the next slide, but they have a partner assigned at random who selects the image that is put up on the screen. And so the image and the prompt never have anything to do with each other. But the entire like crux of the game is you are giving a speech and you don't know what you're going to be giving it about. And you have to sort of keep a train of thought and make everything feel very natural because everybody scores you at the end based on the strength of your PowerPoint presentation. Mm, that's great. It's fucking hysterical. Yeah, cool. It is so, so, so funny. I dig it. Um, yeah. 
Yes. Uh, so I wanted to briefly talk about, now this is, was actually released in the fall, but uh, I wanted to talk about it anyway, because uh, I didn't talk about it and I didn't play it until now. And it's great. It's called Spiritfarer. Oh, yeah. Spiritfarer. oh yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. All right. Uh, so <laughs> next, let's go to our. Um, you're the. Uh, you're basically the new Charon. So whenever uh, what's his face comes by, you sell him items. <laughs> no, it's different. It's the you're the like guy who takes people across the river sticks to the afterlife, and you are basically in control of this big boat where you're sailing around, meeting souls that aren't ready to go yet, and helping them sort of in a sense, complete their unfinished business, but really more about like coming to terms with their life. And that sounds very heavy. And in a sense it is, but the bulk of the game is basically life management. So you've got this gigantic ship and you build people their own houses and you build a orchard and a field and tend to all those crops. And you've got a kitchen and a, a, a refinery a faster pace but uh similar to like an animal crossing if sometimes the people on animal crossing died mm. uh it's kind of like that uh the the tone is very sweet uh the color it's all very colorful and lovely um and the uh life management stuff is like is, is very satisfying it's not too you know it doesn't feel too redundant there's a lot of like uh, a lot of the time once you uh, one big run at a resource is enough to sort of cover you for the game. It's not something where you're constantly tending a thousand different plants all the time, but it is fun to like rearrange your ship to get uh, sort of an optimal path for your, uh, your daily tending. And there's also a great exploration aspect where you're like exploring this very cool world and getting new. Uh, it's a, it's in a 2d platformer style. So like you're getting these like platforming abilities as well as you're sort of helping shepherd these people into the afterlife. Um, it's it's very unique. It doesn't feel or or look or sound like anything I've played before. The music is also it's great. It's so gorgeous. It is it is Did a any of you finish game. it? No. I have not yet, but yeah. I, I probably will. I'm I'm very much enjoying it. Yeah, I and I I I bounced off of it and I, I won. I think people should definitely play it. I got what I wanted to out of the game, but like it was it was part of a trend that I've felt over the past couple of years were i don't know i don't know if it's specific to life management games or, or just certain type of indie games where it's not that they wear, wear out their welcome i just don't i just don't need to keep playing i i don't know like something kind of just fell off for me one day with that game I, and i don't really when know you why. get enough plates spinning on the life management side it does start to get a little like i'd like to do other things but i also have these 10 other like yeah. chores that I need to do. Now, some of those are kind of interestingly automated where right. if you keep the people on your ship happy by feeding them and talking to them and hugging them from time to time, they will tend to some of your, your daily jobs. So there's one person who will like play music for your plants to help them grow. And someone who will like bring you some ore that they refined, that kind of thing. Um, so that, but it's not like enough to where you're just going to be able to completely rely on that. Um, I think that that that's what uh, in my mind, like Stardew Valley is still like the best life management sim that has been made because that ladder that it builds towards yeah. automation is like 
the reward you get is now you don't have to water your crops anymore. Like you work very, very hard on your farm so you can get to a point where you don't have to spend your time farming. And like yeah. Spirit Fair does that a bit, but it it didn't. I still was doing a lot of, you know, fucking flax harvesting uh more more than I, I i would probably like there but it's it's fun it's very cool i also wanted to give a brief i've not played this one nearly as much but i did dip into it and it is a a winter release called call of the sea and you guys check no. that out no uh, i've heard no. people talking about it i don't know uh very good so far it's a um you are a woman who has been afflicted with this like mysterious disease and her husband left to go to this mysterious island near Tahiti to try to find a cure, and then he disappeared. So now you are going hunting for him, and that plays out through landing on this mysterious island. His expedition is gone, but they've left traces, and you are trying to basically track him down and solve the mysteries of this island through what are basically, I mean, it's basically like puzzles that are really well done. I mean, it's the perfect balance of like, laying out enough pieces, but then making you feel smart for putting them together um, there. And it's getting increasingly challenging as I, as I play uh, aesthetically tonally, I, I would say it's kind of like, it's that um, jungle cruise. It, it looks kind of like a lot like the jungle cruise actually, but like the tone is like, it's the aesthetic of like forties, British forties, like um, sim- not on like Bioshock. Like it's got a little bit of that vibe, not in the, randian sort of like objectivism monolithic tones but yeah exactly but like in the sense of that time period if you if you find like romance in that 30s you know expedition kind of vibe um it's very cool uh very well acted uh feels good looks great great music uh call of the sea what about the fun Um, factor if you just the fun factor is actually same as the reviewers tilt Mm. 3.5 screaming faces out of five wow so okay pretty good is it just is it half a screaming face? Half a screaming face. Terrifying. That's how you know it's, it's, yeah. I would love to get it to four screaming faces, but the rocket launcher feels uh, I'm sorry, they're yeah. called Scary Larrys? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the show that is right now, and now there will be an advertisement, or there won't be, there won't be. But if you're listening later, we've covered this. It's time for a break, then more show. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. 
For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. We need more listeners. <laughs> yeah, we got to get more and listeners. We're, we're being more open about this. Let's just to sort of go, go behind the scenes a little bit. One, we need more listeners or this whole thing's going to fall the fuck apart. But the other thing is that every episode before, like the day before we start recording it, Russ is like, we need a B segment. And then he always has a first idea. And the first idea is, I think we can all agree. And I think Russ would even agree with this, a real stinker. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. I would love to get around that by one, having an ongoing sort of B segment for the show but one that also puts gamer gamer asses right in their gamer chairs mm-hmm. um the ones that vibrate whenever they do like an active reloading gears of war five or whatever um do people like that 
What? Do people really like it when their chair is like, like, oh, you got shot. Is this and the you segment? Get a buzz on? <laughs> yeah, this is this is my sort of Andy Rooney-esque sort of thing where I talk about gamer chairs. Keep going. Um, okay. Yeah, are people really doing this? Like you get shot and and you like that? So that's one idea for like an ongoing B segment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy Rooney definitely going to pack them in. And I could start like emailing gamer chair companies and asking them to send me their products and then they could it would slowly sort of evolve into me giving actual earnest heartfelt reviews of gamer chairs Mm. and telling people which ones are the best ones and which ones make your butt rumble the most when you get shot yeah that's just one idea okay Um, i've been thinking of what if we did commentary on speed runs but we didn't have the video because it's a podcast obviously so we really just like vocally Oh. Talk through what happened in the speed run. Okay, so we all watch the same speed run at the same time and sort of talk about what we are seeing. Yeah. Okay, but we don't necessarily, we're not educated on the actual details of the strats. Well, it depends on the game, right? So if it's Mario, like, you know, I yeah. know he's jumping on a Goomba to go higher, right? That's not yeah, that. And that's a huge, that's like uh, a major building block for Mario speed runs as you jump a, jump it onto a Goomba to make you go higher. <laughs> you gotta do that. <laughs> Um, I got a new one where I, uh, find like some lifestyle hacks for pro gamers. Yeah. This is from gopuff.com and it's popular gamer foods to fuel your sessions. Mm. Oh, cool. And so I just want to hit the list here. Yeah, Um, let's read Doritos. Believe it or not, there used to only be two flavors. Mountain Dew, the blast of caffeine and sugar have kept many a gamer going through the night. That's true. Pizza. Pizza. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Pizza. It's so good. It's so easy to pop a frozen pizza in the oven. This will always be a go-to gamer food. It just says pizza. It's so good. (laughs) It's so ridiculously good. Gummy bears. They're chewy, fruity, and easy to eat. Yeah. No crumbs or gummy bear dust to swab out of your keyboard. The sugar punch is there too, of course. Try their cousins. Gummy bears. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> Who can't eat a thousand chicken nuggets at a time? <laughs> Everyone. The crispy breaded exterior, the soft, juicy interior, and the choose your own dipping sauce adventure never gets old. Sweet and sour, BBQ, ranch, honey mustard, These are just spicy mustard, sauces. buffalo. Somebody's getting paid by the word Chipotle. Um, what website? I is only want to. <laughs> I only want to read this website. That's fucking strong. Cheez Its. Last one, cheese. It's bite-sized cheesy bits that are easy to eat, and they just taste so good. They got the cheesy salty cracker combo just right. You'll find that you've cleaned out half the box without realizing it. Um, Sorry about your controller. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I think we have to get to the heart of what gamers are. Uh, Miriam Webster defines gamer uh, as a noun, uh, a player who is game, uh, or a person who plays games. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, 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 the etymology of it is a uh, mid 15th century, uh, an athlete, uh, uh, agent noun from game or game man, uh, meaning one devoted to playing video or computer games that, uh, attested in 1981. Uh, one of the original uses of the word, uh, comes from 1975, uh, in reference to dungeons and dragons. Uh, ah. also gamester, is attested from, uh, this is from uh, Online Etymology Dictionary. Gamester is attested from 1580s, but also sometimes meant prostitute. Uh, okay. Compare old slang, the game, uh, as in sexual intercourse uh, in the 1930s. Uh, oh, uh, God. This is a, a, a 
Bazinga. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we've learned a lot about gamers, and that's why I think we should have a rolling lottery contest where we give away a lifetime supply of Mountain Dew to one random listener a year. But you have to yeah, listen to every a, episode. I need a lifetime Who, supply of Mountain Dew to wake me back up after that segment. Who's, Punks, I felt who's, like I was I'm sorry, do you not like to learn? No, not in my game, not in my gaming podcast. It's called education. I had a cool idea where I thought we could do prank calls on Cliffy B. What? Oh, <laughs> we call Clifford and we do prank on do prank calls to him. Okay, so should we, we can call him? Should we play it out? Should, are you going to play Cliffy? I'll B? play Cliffy. Yeah. Hey, bud, I don't. Are you? Think about what you just said. Are you really ready to channel that energy through your body? Because I want a full. Bl- if you're going to do this, I want it full blown. I am Zool levels of uh, well, of Cliffy it, B. Take. I mean, I wasn't sure which era we're talking about because at this point, I feel like Cliffy B is just kind of chilling out in his house. I don't think he's doing. Oh, anything. I don't know about that, but really, I, I think I think he's still out out and about. I think he's still. You think he's uh, still wearing going- Affliction T-shirts in the public? Yeah, so let's 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 do this thing. I want to hear what U.S. Cliffy B sounds oh, like. Oh Christ! <laughs> okay, when, 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 uh, quick question before we start. Since this is a prank call, I think you need to be like a similarly funny individual, Griffin. Can you be Peter Molyneux calling Cliffy B? Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. Sure. I'll, I can. I can definitely channel that. So, hello, hello, hello. Why am I is holding the phone? <laughs> is this Clifford Blusonski? Yo, yeah, it's it's me. It's Dude Bro himself. That's <laughs> how I, Peter Mullen, you say your name with my accent. Clifford Blusonski, you son of a gun. <laughs> Hello, hello. We, we used to be we used to be good friends at E3. Why are you uh, talking like that? It's us. I have a COVID. No, just a cold. <laughs> anyway, do you want to see what's inside of my box? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> Clifford, come tap on my box and see what's inside of it, guys. Okay, I'm tapping on it. What's in there? Dream. <laughs> We've really found a, a segment that is going to attract dozens, dozens. That of one's going to. You know how Peter Molyneux is on the tips of everybody's. Uh, yeah, uh, I could not right now. For the life of me, I tried. I could not put the fake fo- phone down that I was holding up with yeah, my no. thumb and pinky finger. You I really tried. It. Yeah, you kids like Gotus? That would have been good. Um. Hey. Okay. Is there male <laughs> Chris or listen? I would do anything. We, we had to have some structure. We had some people uh, share some of the things that they're playing to get through this long winter. Uh, Alexis on Twitter uh, said, "I finally picked up the sexy brutal on your wreck, and I really mm. enjoyed it." Yes, yes, yes. Other than that, Monster Camp has been a great pick me up for this uh, COVID nineteen hellscape. Uh, I don't know. That. Which Do we know what Monster, Monster Camp? Camp is? I don't know what that game is. I don't. I don't. Is that like a Pokemon? Well, there's oh. a, there's a Switch game called Monster Sanctuary that just came out that that uh, people are talking about. That's like sort of a Pokemon Metroidvania. Oh yeah, uh, I saw people talking about that. Un- yeah. It's a vis- Sorry, it's a visual novel. Oh, oh okay. Monster Prom Two Monster Got Camp. It. Ah, I see. I can. Uh, Gross Meat 
said uh, Don't Starve Together. Apparently it was dead for a long time, and it is getting updates like crazy this winter. I just discovered it, and it's been my go-to online co-op experience. Even met some new friends. How wild. That game originally came out, what, 10 years ago? It was like an HTML5 game, and now it's like... It's still going. It's wild. Ian uh, is playing uh, Satisfactory and Jurassic World Evolution. Hey, Jurassic World Evolution for a tie-in game Pretty, 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 pretty fun. Did anybody, did any of you play that game? Um, Which one? No, I don't know what it is. It's Jurassic like Zoo Evolution, Evolution, but with it, oh, okay. dinosaurs. Yeah, and it's made oh, by, uh, yeah, yeah. Hannah is playing Carto, which we talked about. Do we talk about Carto? I don't think so. Oh, so Carto rules. Um, Carto is... It's a 2D game, and you're this, like, little girl who is getting around uh, a map, but the map is kind of, like, block-based, almost like a tabletop game, and you can rearrange, rearrange, you can rearrange the map. Um, So you're kind of creating the map. That's what it's called, Cardo, cartography. So you you rearrange the actual map that you're walking around in order to get to new places. So it's like a mix of, like, I don't know, navigation and puzzle game. Um, cool. It's super charming. Like a slide? Is it like a slide puzzle Not, situation? It, it it looks like a slide puzzle, but you don't have the uh, annoying aspect of it actually being a slide puzzle. Oh, perfect! The worst type perfect. of game. Mm. The um, worst puzzle. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. That was that. Was that enough Me. structure for you, Justin? Did we did we get back on track? I loved it. Felt very. I structured. loved it. I you know normally we do honorable mentions here, but I feel like we have that's been the show so the far. Yeah. Do you no. want me to read any more in so, the dictionary? Because uh, I have like, there's like no. 5,000 pages. I'm glad you didn't. Um, that, is, uh, that is going to do it for this episode. Next week, uh, there's a new game. Yes. Hitman, Hitman 3. Uh, it's, um, it's, I think, wait, this goes up on, this goes up after the game has come out. It's fucking great. I don't know how much y'all have put into Hitman 3, but it absolutely fucking kicks ass. Everyone uh, says it is outrageous and it has the best, I've heard this, the best club level that anyone has ever made. And a club level? Like apparently there's like a, a level set in a club and it's like there's incredible. A, I, th- yeah, it's fine. It's it's very cool that level. We we will talk about that, but uh, for me the star of the show is there's a there is a, a knives out level that is like oh I think gosh. every single person should play. It is uh I I didn't play Hitman 1 or 2. Uh, but I am really, really enjoying. Wow, really? My, yeah, really. I played a little bit of Hitman too, but I am really enjoying my time. I need with someone Hitman to 3, teach so. me how to play this game. Maybe off it's the got show. a tutorial that is it is very, very straightforward. Another cool time to talk about Hitman Three we'll be would next be week. next week <laughs> on our Hitman Three episode. Oh, okay. Wow! Hey, please, like nobody's listening to this show. <laughs> okay, if you could just do us a wait, favor wait, wait. and wait, share stop. it. Let's with, not diminish with, the very sturdy and ever growing audience that we do have, but. It could be a lot more to make this a financial. There's viable. a lot more people out there. If you would share a link, besties.fan, um, tell people, you know, like subscribe, leave reviews, all the usual stuff, except now we really need it because Big Daddy Spotify is, is uh, depositing in our bank yeah. account. Anymore. And if you know how to um, like find gamers, let us know. Yeah, if you know any games, try everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, we put it on all the blogs, other gaming blogs. Um, but uh, we got an email address, too, if you want to get a hold of us, mail at besties.fan. Uh, we got a Twitter 
at the Besties Pod. You can follow there and sign up for our mailing list there if you if you so choose. Uh, but that is going to do it for the for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to join us again next week for the Besties. Because should the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.